Welcome to the New Vision Church podcast. New Vision Church is a diverse, Bible-teaching, Jesus-centered church in San Diego, California, and exists to transform people and their communities by replicating followers of the biblical Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. Now, here's this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, good to be with you guys this morning. A couple things before I introduce our special uh, guest this, uh, this morning. Um, if you're with us for the first time, welcome. We're excited to have you here this morning. I've often challenged our church body and family with these words. If, if you're visiting us for the first time, give us three weeks. And if this is not the church that you find could be your home, we'd love to help you find a church. Um, and so we want you to be plugged into a church somewhere. But if you could, if you're new, in front of you, there's this little uh, fly you'll see. It says, gets connected with your phone. You could press it. Um, it'll help you get us get connected with you. Let's get connected sign there. Use your phone. It helps us to connect with you because we want to get to know you. And if you're a guest, you can go right outside these doors after service and the Welcome Center, there's a gift for you. We want to get to know you. Maybe someone might just take you out to lunch, might take you to coffee. You never know what God will do and stuff. So we just want to uh, just invite you to come do that. And again, again, after service, guys, we're going to have a meal, uh, some mole, some Mexican food, some stuff. So stay in, and stay, have some fellowship. Hey guys, I'm excited about today um, and this morning. I got a, a good friend of mine here from Tampa, Florida. He's a pastor. He's an innovator. He's a coach. He's a mentor. He's a shepherd. Um, he's a pastor at Crossover Church in Tampa, Florida. Um, he's an artist. He's a rapper. He's a little bit of everything, but most of all, he's a lover of Jesus. And uh, Pastor Tommy Kellyon is known as Urban D, is going to be sharing the word this morning with you. He's probably going to do some spoken word for you, a little bit of everything. So you're going to get a different flavor of the East Coast because we welcome to the West Coast. Tommy, come on and share with us this morning. Good morning, New Vision. How's everybody feeling today? Yeah. Well, listen, it's so good to be with you guys. I've known Pastor Pete for many, many years. We were just kind of reminiscing. I got to stay at his house last night, and I remember hearing the stories uh, when, when, when church was at your house. And you were like, finally, your wife was like, there's too many people here. <laughs> right? And so just to kind of walk alongside the journey, and over the years, I met him through uh, our friend Larry Acosta and Urban Youth Workers, uh, did a lot of stuff together. Uh, over the years, training leaders. And, and so just to see what God has done, you guys are part of a miracle story. Did you know that? You are. And sometimes when you're in the middle of something really special, sometimes you can take it for granted. So I came all the way from Tampa, Florida to remind you today, you guys are part of a miracle. You guys are, I mean, look, look around the room today. Uh, look up in, in, the, in the balcony and, and, and look around. This church is, is incredibly diverse. This church looks like the city um, and, and everybody's welcome here and everybody worships together, serves together, does life together, is growing together. Uh, it, it's amazing. So give it up for yourselves. This is, this is awesome. So a little bit about me. I'm originally from Philly, so you might hear a little bit of that East Coast flavor, the East Coast accent. Uh, my wife is from New York City, and we met in Florida when I was in Bible college. And so we have this plan for God that when we finish Bible college, we're going to move back up north, go back to Philly, New York, New Jersey, and do like ministry up there. We have this plan for God. How many of y'all ever had a plan for God? How did that work out, 
right? <laughs> so God did not open up any doors up north, but he opened this door at this little church that had just started in the city of Tampa and they needed a youth pastor. They never had a youth ministry before. They were just a few years old. So in 1996, me and my wife went there and uh, to start this youth ministry from scratch. And there was really one teenage girl that her dad went to the church and that was it. So the pastor was like, Pastor Petey was like, you can reach whoever you want, do whatever you want, do a basketball league, do hip hop concerts, do whatever. It's, it's wide open. You have freedom. So, you know, sometimes leaders will say that. And then when you start to do some stuff, they're like, well, what I meant was, listen, that wasn't my story. He was crazy like me. And so, and like Pete, and so he just let us do whatever we wanted. We started doing basketball leagues and concerts and outreaches and all these things. And our youth ministry quickly grew to where we had more teenagers coming to the church than we had adults. And uh, it continued to grow and grow. So at the same time, me being an, an artist, that, that was really like, I, I started doing albums and then I got signed to a national label. I was traveling around the country. And I always like to say this, y'all, y'all know uh, the apostle Paul from the Bible, he made tents to support his ministry. So Paul made tents, I rapped. That's what I did. That's how I supported my family. And, you know, because the church wasn't really able to pay me on a, on a regular basis, a little urban church. But soon the youth ministry grew to hundreds and uh, I kept getting asked and tapped on the shoulder. Do you want to be the pastor? Do you want to be, do you want to step up and be the pastor? Because the pastors had other jobs and they were getting burned out. And I was like, no, I'm good. I'm rapping. I'm doing the youth ministry. I got enough hats on. I'm, I'm good. But uh, in 2001, towards the end of the year, the pastor took a sabbatical and said, you know, I just, I'm burned out. I need a break here. Just you preach for a couple months. I'm like, well, all right. You know, so I started doing that and God began to work in my heart and my wife's heart and was like, so we stepped up in the beginning of 2002, 20 years ago, and I became the, the lead pastor of the church. And um, there was just about 40, 40 adults that were there. I was in my 20s. I was one of the oldest. I was 28 years old. And uh, just a handful of people on Sundays, but there was hundreds of teenagers and young adults that came to our Thursday night service. And uh, we, we, we began to carefully and prayerfully change the way we did church to reach unchurched and de-churched people in a multi-ethnic uh, environment in the city. And God began to just breathe on it and bless it. And we started to grow on Sundays. We couldn't believe it at first. We're like, oh my goodness, this is Sundays and people are actually coming to church, right? And so we had this uh, 200 seat auditorium. Within a few years, we were running out of space and we started doing a second service and then a third service. And we're in Florida. So we built an overflow room outside underneath of an awning with ceiling fans and a screen. And so we were just trying to to just make it work. And and God was doing amazing things as we were seeing so many lives change. And so I'm gonna share a little bit more of our story today. Uh, but, But I know the last couple of years has been challenging, hasn't it? We've all been checking on each other like, man, are you okay? What's going on? Praise God. Uh, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic and it felt so good last night. We had an amazing concert. Uh, my man, Jay Cash was there from LA. And uh, man, a bunch of kids, they just had an amazing time. And there were several people that gave their life to Christ last night. And so make some noise for that. That's the best part. So even though the past couple of years have been challenging, I really think it all has to do with the frames that you're wearing. So somebody say, reframe it. Today, we're going to reframe it for a few minutes. And I want to talk to you guys about perspective. And so I'm going to kick us off with a little spoken word. Y'all ready? All right, let's go. Frames. Your frames can change the game. We might be in the same exact space and not see the same. 
because some of you rock frames that are pessimistic. You analyze every negative statistic, despise the dreamers as unrealistic and big God opportunities show up and you missed it. But I love those that are optimistic, could see my hood in Tampa and envision an innovation district, helping people that are misfits find the God-given purpose of their existence. <laughs> but some have blind frames. They just can't see it. Their blind spots have them thinking crypto isn't real, so they stick with traditional fiat. So be it. Now, life can cause our frames to get tainted. The pandemic had some believers in Christ that fainted. Fainted in fear and fainted in faith. See, our human frames can cause us to stay in a space that feels safe, even if it isn't. But put on a pair of God frames, it's so exquisite. It'll turn your greed into generosity. It'll flip your frames and your philosophy. You won't be blinded by potential. You won't be blinded by mediocrity. And your fear will fade. And you'll be able to say, God's got me. And your entitled frames can turn grateful. You could show love to your neighbor even if they're hateful. Throw a block party, cook out, and bring them a plateful. I promise, your lustful frames can get pure. Your creator's got a cure. See, he can rewire your whole brain contour. This next season could be your greatest encore. So it's time to reframe from a temporary to eternal aim. See, your vision can see crisis or opportunity depending on the frames. So flip yours and change the game. Frames. Yeah, so today I want to talk to you guys about, about frames and I want to talk to you guys about perspective. And this has been a message that God has really kind of put on my heart uh, during this pandemic. And, and just earlier this year, I actually came out with a book called Frames. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say that, that I'm out the box, Pastor Pete. So I actually put the book in a box. <laughs> Comes in a custom box. There's a pair of frames in there. There's actually a pair of sunglasses in there. Yep, yep. Uh, comes with a masterclass. So after each chapter, when you read it, you can watch the masterclass. There's a CD in there. There's some stickers. There's all kinds of goodies. It's, it's, like, it's like an experience. How many of y'all know they say, they say leaders are readers? So if you want to learn, you want to grow, you, you got to read, you got to feed yourself. And so I got a couple of these with me today, but I want to bless Pastor Pete. Come on, give it up for my guy, Pastor Pete, with that one. Love you, bro. So my frames actually started to change uh, about 25 years ago. And I grew up in church. Uh, I'm actually a PK. We got any PKs in the building? Anybody know what that language means? All those unchurched people, that means like pastor's kid. I was a pastor's kid. And how many of y'all know pastor's kids can be the worst sometimes? We can be the worst sometimes, but, but God flipped my frames. And so I, I grew up in Philly. I had one foot in the church because I had to go and I had one foot out in the streets because, you know, I was kind of in the city. And, and so I was getting lured into a lot of things. And I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing a lot of illegal things. And, uh, but soon I found out that the streetlight was empty. It was empty. It didn't have anything for me. And, and so all the stuff that I heard in church, I had to like kind of finally admit like, 
they were right. You know, my parents were right. This is right. So I came back to the Lord and you know what? He began to help me reframe it. And my frames went from greedy frames to, to generous frames, from uh, temporary frames to thinking about things that were eternal, from, from pessimistic frames to optimistic frames. So I'm just curious today, San Diego, is there anybody in here that Jesus has flipped your frames? Come on, make some noise. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you, have you guys ever had the wrong frames on before? It, when maybe you had some, some, some pessimistic frames and you looked at somebody or you looked at a situation in the wrong way? I have. This was about 10 years ago. And I shared with you that our church, you know, we were kind of bursting at the seams and we had this opportunity to move into a former retail box. And we took over an old Toys R Us store. How many of y'all remember Toys R Us? R.I.P. Jeffrey the Giraffe. Oh man, miss him, miss him. But we took over this retail box and it was this crazy, amazing story. I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about it. But when we first moved in, we had some construction debt and you know things were a little bit tight and we were growing like crazy and people were coming to Jesus and getting baptized. It was, it was absolutely amazing, but, but it, was, it was tight. And so we were coming up to Easter and you know, Easter service for churches are like the Super Bowl Sunday of churches, right? So you want to make sure you invite people, you do a bunch of stuff, you want to win a bunch of people to Jesus, right? And so a movie theater had just got remodeled up the street at the mall. And uh, they, they had a studio movie grill where you could eat dinner there and everything. And so I went a few times. And you know before the movie, how they show commercials of different things? Wait a minute. We don't go to the movies anymore. <laughs> remember the movies, right? So remember we, yes, I just want to see Wakanda though. So, um, but anyways, um, so we said, man, wouldn't it be cool if on the big screen, we produced a really cool commercial about the church and we could draw some people in. So I called the number, the guy came to the church, the sales guy to meet with us. And I said, listen, man, this is the budget we have. It wasn't that big. And so I'm like, we got like three weeks. We want to just do this for three weeks right before Easter to promote it. And, you know, so, so how do we get that started? And he looked at me, he said, you know, I don't know if we could even do that because uh, we never do stuff in short periods like that. You know, we usually do something for at least six months, but preferably a year because advertising really doesn't work unless you keep it going for, so we can set up a budget for you for like a monthly thing. And, and it would come out to about this. And it was like 10 times the amount that I just told them. And I'm like, did you just hear what I said? Like we're an urban church. We ain't got it like that, right? You know, so anyways, uh, how many of y'all ever felt like you were getting the upsell? Like somebody was trying to like upsell you. And so at the time, I got to admit, my frames were pretty pessimistic towards people like that because we had moved into the building recently and everybody was coming and trying to sell us something, a new copy machine, this or that, you need this. And, and either we didn't need it or we couldn't afford it. So I had some pessimistic frames on and I said to the guy, I said, listen, all right, well, you know what, we'll, we'll call you. And I walked away from the situation. I felt kind of frustrated about it told, you know, a few of the staff about it, like, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. We're not going to do that idea. So then Sunday came and sometimes as preachers, Pastor Pete, we will make illustrations from real life. And so that Sunday, I shared an illustration about it. Uh, didn't use names, didn't use any details. Nobody knew what I was talking about except him. Because little did I know he was watching church online. Well, that Sunday afternoon, I checked my email and, uh, you know, I was looking at my email and uh, I got an email from him 
And so the email started out and said, hey, me and my wife decided to watch your service today. And uh, man, we love the worship. It was full of energy. And, you know, it was great to see so many young people and it's so diverse. And, you know, then, then you're, you're preaching. We really loved it up until the part where you started to talk about me. And I was like, I can't believe you thought I was trying to upsell you. I'm super offended. Me and my wife were actually praying about paying for your entire year of advertising, but I don't think we're going to do that now. Man, that was a lesson I learned that day. You never know who's watching, right? So I had the wrong frames on and I missed out. I missed out, y'all. Sometimes when we have the wrong frames on and we look at people or situations the wrong way and we're pessimistic, we can miss maybe what God is up to and what God wants to do in the mix, right? And so there's a story in scripture about 10 guys who had pessimistic frames on and it caused over a million people to miss their purpose. So I wanna ask you guys, stand up with me real quick and we're gonna read our opening scripture today uh, from, from the book of Numbers. Book of Numbers chapter 13, and we're gonna put it on the screen here in just a moment, but let me give you some context of what was happening in in, in the Bible at at this point in scripture. And so the Israelites have been freed from slavery Uh, for over 400 years. They were in Egypt and they were working for the Pharaoh and, and making bricks and not getting paid anything, right? And so God miraculously freed them. Uh, They walked through the middle of the Red Sea with the walls of water. It was this incredible miracle. They got to the the desert and there was no food and there was no water, but God gave them manna every day, gave them water, took care of everybody. So they were seeing miracle after miracle, right? And they were getting to the edge of this land that God promised to them. And God told Moses, go and send out 12 scouts, one from each tribe of Israel and go check out the land and have them come back and give a report. And so that takes us to where we are today in Numbers chapter 13 in verse 27. And uh, it, it says this, they came back with their report and it says, we entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit that it produces. So they actually brought like samples of the fruit and scholars say it was like huge and they were carrying these big, you know, grape vines and it was amazing. And everybody was like, ooh, ah, but, somebody say, but. There's always a but, right? (laughs) And so it says, but, but the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. And so this report, it started out good, but now it's starting to go the other direction, right? So there was a guy that jumped in in verse 30. His name is Caleb. And it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people like, shh, guys, shh, shh, hold on, hold on. As they stood before Moses and he said, let us go at once and take the land. He said, we certainly can conquer it. But the other men who explored the land with them, they, what did they do? They disagreed. And they were pessimistic and they, they had the wrong frames on. They said, we can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this, what kind of report? A bad report amongst the land of the Israelites. They said, the land we traveled through and explored, it'll devour anybody who goes there. And, and all the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. So you have these 12 scouts go out and they all saw the same exact thing. They were all on the same team. Everybody say same team. We're on the same team here, right? 
But just because you're on the same team doesn't mean you have the same frames. Let me say that again. Just because you're on the same team doesn't mean you have the same frames. Because two of them, somebody say two of them, they had very different frames on. They saw the same exact thing as everybody else, but they viewed it in a way that would change their path. They had optimism. They had faith. They had God frames on and their story ended up totally different. So let me pray for us really quick. Father, as we dive into this word over these next few minutes, God, we pray that you'll reframe some things in our minds and our hearts. Help us to look at things through your eyes. Help us to look at situations, to look at people, to look at things, to look at our city, our our neighbors, our community through your eyes in a way like we never have before. God, use me. It's no accident, no coincidence that each person is here. Each person that might be streaming in online, God, um, use these next few minutes and help us to focus in and reframe it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, give somebody a fist bump next to you and say, change your frames. Tell them you can change the game. So for a few minutes today, guys, I want to help you flip your frames from pessimistic frames to optimistic frames. And y'all know we live in a 24-hour news cycle right now. How many of y'all remember when you had to like stay up till 11 o'clock to watch the news at night, right? All the, all the OGs in the building, right? Or it was a five o'clock news, right? You had to rush home to see it. But now we have 24-hour news channels that just pump news all day every day. On top of that, we have this thing called social media and we got TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, people are actually going back on Twitter again to see what all the noise is about right now. Right. And we got Telegram and we got YouTube and we got, we got all these different social medias out there. And so there's constantly this stream, this flood of news, and there's this flood of information and there's this flood of, of stuff. And we see all this information about the recession that's here and the, and the inflation and, and the murder rates and the crime rates and the war overseas and, you know, COVID and diseases and all the things that are happening. And so we continually watch that and we feel overwhelmed and we feel overstimulated and we get over anxious and we see all the political stuff going on and it can just drive some of us like crazy, right? And we're like, this is just too much. There's never been a time in the history of mankind when we've been able to receive this much information this quickly. And it's affecting so many people. So many people have anxiety and depression and they're going through all this stuff. And as I even just say some of that stuff right now, some of you guys, your blood pressure is starting to go up. Just just take a deep breath. (sighs) You're at church. You're with family today. Here's the thing. We have this constant stream of bad reports. And here's what we can do, y'all. We can sink and settle when we hear those reports or we can rise and lead. And listen, God is calling his people to rise and lead even amongst all the bad reports. There's been tons of bad reports the last couple of years, right? There's been all kinds of things that have happened and so many people during the pandemic have sunk and settled, you know what? But, but there's a smaller group of people that they actually, they rose, they innovated, they reinvented themselves. They started new businesses. They launched new careers. They, they solved problems. They served people. They leveraged technology. They did all kinds of things and they're crushing it. There's a group of people that really has like advanced the last couple of years. They, they rose and they led. There's some churches out there that have done that as well. I mean, if you look around this room today, church is full. 
This is not happening at most churches, y'all. Most churches are still really trying to recover and rebuild and they don't know what to do, but, but you guys have innovated. The last couple of years, you guys have served people and reached out to your community uh, continually. That's part of the DNA of your church. And, and so like you guys are reaching more people than ever. My church at home in Tampa, you know, we're very big on outreach. That's why me and Pastor Pete, like we, we vibe together and we share ideas and stuff that we're doing over the years and we learn from one another. Um, but our church, man, during the pandemic, we continued to serve and, and, and we touched people and we did new things. We did grocery drive-throughs and backpack drive-throughs and Christmas drive-throughs. We did all kinds of things. People had needs, but we weren't able to gather maybe in the same exact way, but we still found ways to creative do, creatively do that. We, we did stuff online like we never did before. We leveraged technology and our church as a result has grown. Actually, two months ago, uh, our church started to exceed the amount of people that we had coming before the pandemic in person. Isn't that crazy? Like we're still pinching ourselves like, man, God, what is, what is happening? But it's because we decided to rise and lead even though there was bad reports. And, and, and listen, whenever there's a crisis, you can see crisis or you can see opportunity in the crisis. So I want to ask you, what kind of frames are you wearing? Are you looking for those opportunities? Yes, it's a storm. We're not ignoring. It's a storm. It's a crisis. There's been challenges. But how many of you know God can still move in the middle of a storm? God can still show up. He can still do miracles. And I think in times like that, he shows up even more because then we can't even try to take the credit for it. We can't be like, well, everything was going good. It was a good economy. That's why it happened. No, everything was terrible, but God still did it. And we can't say nothing else, but it was God, right? It was a supernatural miracle, right? So, so the Israelites, they heard this report of the 12 scouts. 10 of them were bad reports, but two of them were good reports. Look at what happened next in, in Numbers chapter 14, skipping over to the next chapter. It says, then the whole community, they began weeping aloud and they cried all night. Bunch of crybabies, man. <laughs> Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. And this is what they said. Watch this, y'all. If we had only died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complain, a bunch of complainers. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Watch this last line. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Wait, what? You said return to Egypt? Hold on, did y'all just have amnesia? Do you remember what was going on in Egypt? Your people were in slavery for 400 years, working seven days a week, 12 hours a day, making bricks for the Pharaoh out in the hot sun for free 99. You wanna go back to that? Are, are, you, are you serious? See, see, the enemy has this great, this great tool that he uses called amnesia, spiritual amnesia. And so, and so you can think about your past and all the junk that was going on and he can just cause you to forget about all the pain and just remember that little bit of pleasure, just that little bit of pleasure. And so you're like, you know, oh, well, you know, she wasn't that crazy. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that job, I mean, I was making a lot of money. I mean, I couldn't sleep at night because it was so toxic and I was losing my hair and I was going crazy, but you know, I was making good money, you know? And, and so we can just remember those little moments of, of pleasure and we forget all the pain and that's what the enemy does. 
You gotta be careful the voices that you listen to. The enemy can be in your head, but there can be other people around you that can influence you and, and say all kinds of stuff. And listen, we gotta be careful. We don't listen to the wrong reports. Egypt should never be an option. God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. And there's gonna be moments and seasons where it gets dark and it gets difficult and it gets challenging and it's tough to navigate. But let me tell you something, hold on, y'all. The enemy's gonna try to blind you, put some pessimistic frames on you, blind you from your destiny. But you gotta open your eyes and not go backwards. And I know sometimes it could be hard, but you gotta praise him in the storm. Can somebody praise him in the storm right now? Even if you're in a storm, say, God... I'm gonna keep moving forward. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to slavery. I'm not going back to the sin that I used to have. God has set me free. I'm gonna stay free in Jesus' name, right? So Joshua and Caleb, they were two scouts that they had the right frames on. They had optimistic frames. And, and, and they tried to convince the crowds of people like, hey guys, come on. Like, like look at like God, God did all this stuff for us. Come, come on, like he's with us. And, and so I want to read this one little section, uh, page 24 from my book, Frames. And right after they tried to do this to convince everybody, um, this was the response. It says, you would think maybe they would turn the crowd and they would listen and they would go take this land that God had already promised them. But when you lead higher, not everyone will want to follow or jump on the team. Some will want to kill you. That's right. They want to kill you. They want to kill your dream or at least kill your vibe. That's exactly what the people of Israel did. They were talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. God was ready to kill all of them. But in his grace and his mercy, he spared them. But he made a promise that not one of them would ever enter the promised land because they listened to the wrong report. Because of their disobedience, they were to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. 10 people with pessimistic frames cost them 40 years in the desert and no passport into the promised land. Wow. Their passports got revoked. They got revoked, right? Those 10 people with the wrong frames on caused over a million people to miss their promised land. So I want to ask you, family, New Vision family, who are you listening to? Who's in your ear all the time? You might need to reframe it. Somebody say, reframe it. You might need to think about it because anybody that was over 20 years old, you read the scripture, they didn't get to enter the promised land. Even Moses didn't get to enter. But there was two guys, only two guys. Scholars say by the time they stepped over into that promised land, they were probably in their 80s. Their names were Joshua and Caleb because they had the right frames on. And listen, y'all, your frames can change the game. Amen. So, so how do we flip our frames and how do we get the right frames on and, and turn those pessimistic frames into optimistic frames? Uh, really quick today, I want to give you three things, three things to do that. If you're taking some notes today, here's, here's the first one, y'all. Here's the first one. If God said it, believe it. If God said it, believe it. Maverick City got a song about that. Some of y'all know we got any Maverick City fans in the building? Numbers chapter 13, God told Moses, I'm giving you this land. It doesn't matter how big the people are. It doesn't matter how fortified their cities are. It doesn't matter how big the obstacles are. God said it. And plus on top of that, he's like, I'm God. I just freed you from the Pharaoh. You crossed the Red Sea. I've been feeding y'all. I've been taking care of you. Even though you complain, I got you. 
right? So I, I know that when I read this, I can get a little judgmental, right? I could be like, what's wrong with those people? Like, let me tell you something. If I would have walked through the, the Red Sea and saw the walls of water, anything God would have said, I would have been like, yes, sir, what, what, what's next? Right? But, but let me ask you this. How many of you guys have seen a miracle before? Something supernatural in your life or in, in someone around you? It was just unexplainable, right? Look at all the hands up around the room. We've seen miracles, almost everybody here, right? But we still complain, don't we? We still doubt. We still question at times, right? I, I know I can, right? I've doubted God as well. God gave us that vision to move into this old Toys R Us store. And it was such a big mountainous project. It was uh, millions of dollars. I'm like, where are we going to get that from? We don't even have any money in the bank at all. And we're going into a recession. It was 2008 when God gave the green light to say, okay, now sell your building. Worst real estate market ever, right? And, and now go and raise money and get this building. And I'm just like, okay, if God said it, I'll believe it. Some days, <laughs> right? Some days I was like, let's go. We got this. Then other days I'm looking at the bank account like, oh man, that's all that came in so far. Lord, did I make a mistake? Did I really hear you? Are you playing with us? What's up, right? And so I had those, those moments and man, I was full of optimism. And then I was just, I was back and forth, right? But God said it, you know what? So we trusted and we followed. So here, here's the second thing, y'all. Second point, this one's gonna help somebody today. I know it. God usually doesn't perform this one miracle that gets us to the destination. That's not how it usually works, y'all. It's usually lots of little miracles along the journey that build our faith and keep us leaning in. Right, But a lot of times we're looking for that silver bullet, right? We're looking for that one thing that will just solve all of our problems. God rarely does it like that, right? That's not my story anyways. Like, it's lots of little miracles along the journey, along the path that has us leaning in, seeking them every day. And we see that miracle happen and we're like, okay, that was just enough to get us to the next day. Whoa, that's enough to get us to the next week. That's enough to get us to the next month. And we just kept following this journey and watching God fill in all the gaps. And so when you do a construction project, have you ever heard stories about like um, shady contractors and people that take advantage? And if you're a contractor, I love you. But you're at New Vision. You're a good contractor if you're here, Right. So we hired this well-known contractor that was, you know, referred by somebody else and he started doing the demo and all that stuff. And we started the project and we hadn't raised all the money yet, but we were in the process of raising it. We signed the deal with Toys R Us and, and things are moving forward. And then we found out that the general contractor didn't have a license and he didn't even pull a permit because the permitting department showed up and like, what are y'all doing here? Oh, where was it? There was no permit. They kicked us out. And so we ended up having to fire that guy and, and we hired a guy from our church instead. We took a chance, Pastor Pete. Now this guy, we had met him just six years before in prison. And not in just any prison, this was the juvenile detention center and he didn't work there. He was 17 years old at the time. And some of our rappers went in, Jay Cash and some of the crew went in and they spit some bars and you know, they shared the gospel and this kid accepted Christ that night. His name was Francisco Diaz. A few days later, he got out. He found our church and some men in our church began to take him under their wing and mentor him and pour into him. Um, he turned 18 
the next year and he started studying for his general contractor's license. And it's like a book and he passed it. And he started this little construction company with his, with his cousin and it was called Heaven Sent Construction. And let me tell you something, he was heaven sent for us because here we were with our back up against the wall and we had no contractor and he was gonna maybe do the drywall, but he had been building this little construction company for these last couple of years and he had 16 people working for him full time. And so we took a chance and we hired him. He was 23 years old and he ran the entire project. So watch this, talk about miracles. He said, Pastor T, what, I, I, what's the budget? And I said, well, it's bidded out at $1.7 million for the build out. This was 2010 prices. Oh my goodness, it would be so much more now, right? And so he said, man, he said, let me take it to some of my subs and try to rebid it. I think I could save us some money. Is that okay? I said, oh, sure. I said, we don't even have half of that money yet. I don't know where it's coming from, Lord, right? Came back two weeks later, he saved us $700,000. He got it down to a million dollars. And so we're, so we're watching these miracles, not one miracle, but lots of little miracles dropping in. We're raising funds. This is happening. This miracle's happening. We get to the end of the project and we're short. We don't have enough money to finish it. And so we said, listen, Pastor T, we're gonna finish this church. We're gonna do it. I'll loan you the money. You guys pay me back whenever you can. And so I said, man, that's super generous, but we're short $200,000. And he said, that's exactly what happened to the bank. What 23-year-old do you know that has $200,000 liquid in the bank? And he, he just started his company a few years before and he's from the hood. His parents worked for him. He never had no money before. So he was super disciplined, paid cash for everything. He didn't have a mortgage. He owned his house at 23. He owned every truck, every piece of equipment, every tool, owned all of it. And he paid himself $400 a week. That was it. And the rest of the money he just dumped in the bank. He's like, I'm putting this in the bank for my company when we take bigger jobs on. And he said, little did I know, I was, I was saving that money up for my church. So watch this. We met this kid in the juvenile detention center when he's 17. He, he saved us $700,000 and then loaned us $200,000. So listen, when you're ministering to somebody that might be down and out, they might be forgotten, they might be in a tough situation in their life, you never know their potential. You gotta put on the right frames, those optimistic frames. You never know how God is gonna use them. And so man, never despise humble beginnings. Never despise when somebody's going through something. God could use them. Come on, somebody, make some noise for Jesus. Yeah. So if God said it, believe it. And remember, God usually doesn't just perform one miracle that gets us to the destination. It's a series of miracles. Here's the last one, y'all. The third thing that's gonna help you flip your frames is hang around with optimistic people. Hang around with optimistic people. If you're always around negativity, it's gonna drag you down. It's gonna drag you down. But if you're around some positive people, some godly people, it's gonna, it's gonna pull you up. So I wanna ask you today, New Vision family, what is your closest circle of friends look like? Are they more pessimistic? Are they more optimistic? Be honest. Several years back, there were some people in my life that I had to stop spending as much time with because they were pulling me backwards. They were holding me back in some ways. And I still loved on them and I still was their friend and kept in touch with them but I didn't spend as much quality time with them. I started to look for relationships that instead of were draining, they were life-giving. 
And I, and I started to hang around with some people like that. Now, listen, I'm a pastor. So I, I'm always going to be around some people that are draining. Um, sometimes we call them drainos. And if you're a Drano, I love you. I love you because I want to pour into you and, and help you become not a Drano, but somebody that's pouring out to other people. I, and I love to flip people's frames when they go from pessimistic to optimistic. But you know what? So I'm always going to be around some people that are draining sometimes. I love them and I'm going to pour out because that's what God does. And we see people's frames get flipped and it's amazing. But in my quality time, a lot of times I'm going to spend some time with some movers. I'm going to spend some time with some people that are a little bit ahead of me sometimes so I can learn from them and so I can be encouraged and so I can be pushed. And, and, and that's how I met Pastor Pete because we were hanging out with Larry Acosta and Larry Acosta has been like a, a mentor, like a spiritual father to so many of us. And he's spoken to us and pushed us and poured into us and made us dream bigger. And there's some other people that's been in my life. Pastor Rick Warren was one and several different pastors that, that made me get out of my little urban box and reframe it and, and have optimistic frames on and say, man, God, God could help us get that Toys R Us building. God could help us get a second campus and a third campus. And we could do housing and we could do all these incredible programs that your church is doing um, because you had the right frames on, right? So you got to get around some people that have the right frames on because listen, if you are the smartest person in the room all the time, you might need to find a new room sometimes to hang out in. If you're the most optimistic person in, in the room all the time, you might need to find a new room to hang out in sometimes. God can use you in that negative room, but you need to be in some other rooms sometimes as well. And let me tell you something today, you're in a good room. You're in a good house today. You're in a good place today. This is a church that's full of God-loving, God-fearing, optimistic people with the right frames on. And I know not everybody in this room is there yet, but there's some people here that are leaders. There's some world changers here. There, there's some people that God has gifted in incredible ways. And if you're in a broken place right now and you're going through some stuff, like you, you need to get around some of these people here and you need to, you need to rub shoulders with them. You need to, to build with them, get to know them, get, do life together. Get around some people that's going to lift you up. They're going to pull you up. They're going to pour into you. They're going to help you see things differently. They're going to they're flip your frames, y'all. They're going to flip your frames. I want to pray for you today. If you could bow your heads around this room. Because really, it's not just being around the right people, but it's because those people, they have a relationship with Jesus. And we could give you all kinds of points and principles today, biblical principles even, and that's great. But the way that those things get applied and you really win and you flip your frames is if you've got a relationship with the one that made you, the one that created you. The gospel, the good news, I love it. I love it. It's so simple because we can't fix ourselves, but God, God knew that he sent Jesus. And by having a relationship with Jesus, that's the thing that at the end of the day will flip our frames and help them stay flipped, right? Because you could try to, with willpower, read a self-help book or do some things and get a little better in some areas. And then you've, you can go on a diet. Then three months later, you gained all the weight back again, right? But when you have a relationship with Jesus and you fall in love with him, things change, not temporarily, but they can change eternally permanently. And right here, right now, November 20th, 
2022, Jesus can meet you right here in this moment. And so if you're here today and you would say, man, I, I need a relationship with Jesus. I need new life. As everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you and you're in the building today, or if you're worshiping online, if you're in the building, just, just raise your hand up. I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you come down front, but if you're like, I, I need Jesus today. I need to be right with, with my creator. Awesome. Awesome, I see you. Awesome, if you're worshiping online, just type in the chat, pray for me. We're gonna pray for you as well. I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment, but I'm not even gonna lead you in a prayer today. I feel like God is just saying for you to go ahead and just pray a prayer in your own words, wherever you're sitting at, whether you're in this room or you're in a room somewhere else at home and just admit, say, God, I've messed up. I've sinned, I've made mistakes. I know you can forgive me because you died on the cross and you rose again. Give me new life. I wanna make you the leader of my life. Just tell them that in your own words. Just take a moment and do that. I'm gonna pray for you in just a minute. Now, if you're here this morning and you would admit and say, Pastor Tommy, my, my frames have been kind of pessimistic and I need God to help flip my frames. I need to see things through his eyes. I need to be like those two scouts that had on the optimistic frames. Maybe you've been going through some hard things. I get it. But if today you're like, man, I need some new frames. I need to reframe it. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you as well. And just keep your hands up. Father, I come before you today. I pray for each person that just prayed a few moments ago to start a relationship with you or get reconnected, God. I pray that today is gonna to be a catalyst that's gonna change their eternity. And Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters around this room that are honest enough to put their hands up and say, man, I've, I've had the wrong frames on at times. Maybe they've been complaining, maybe they've been doubting, maybe they've been fearful. When we've watched you do so many miracles in our lives before, so God, forgive us for the times we put the wrong frames on. I pray you're gonna flip frames today and not just for today or a few days, but that this is gonna be a catalyst that these new frames of optimism and, and hope and even peace that you're gonna give us, even when the storms come, to know that you've got us and that we can look for opportunities even in the middle of the crisis and we can watch you show up and do miracles. God, continue to bless this house. May this continue to be a lighthouse here in San Diego to flip frames and point people to Jesus. God, I thank you for Pastor Pete, his wife, Julie, and just the rest of the team here, God. Continue to just use them. Give them new favor, new vision, <laughs> new blessings in 2023 and beyond. So grateful I could be here, share this time with them. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Thanks again for joining us. Contact us or learn more at our website, newvision.city. See you next time.